Hello, welcome to our latest edition of Governing Chatters. Uh, we thought it was about time, given uh, the number of government papers on education we've had over the uh, last couple of weeks, for us to reassemble and uh, assess what they mean. Uh, I'm Emma Knights, Chief Executive at the National Governance Association. And I am joined today by Sam Henson, our Director of Policy and Communications. Hi, everyone. And by Steve Edmonds, our Director of Advice and Guidance. Hello. So this is the first school's white paper we've had for um, many years. In fact, it was uh, 2016 when Secretary of State Nikki Morgan um, issued her um, a white paper that really didn't stand the the test of time, but I think maybe the white paper that was published um, just a few days ago uh, possibly learned some lessons from that, because you may remember the 2016 paper was the one where everybody was going to be mandated to become an academy, and it's a different um, route that's been uh, taken uh, in the 2022 white paper by our current Secretary of State. But we, before we plunge into all the structural things, um, let's start first by talking about the things that should really matter to uh, students and parents, um, the experience that children get at schools. Um, one of the things that I thought I might be excited about when I saw the highlights was the um, parent pledge. But then when I looked at what that actually was, I felt perhaps it was more a bit of um, spin than something very substantial. And in fact, I think a number of other commentators have called it a gimmick because really what it was saying was parents will make sure that teachers talk to you um, when your uh, children are falling behind. Um, and surely that's something that's been part of the school system for such a long time. Um, what do you think, Sam? Am I being, am I be, I'm being unfair there? No, I don't think so, Emma. I think um, your your reaction kind of sums up the the reaction that's that's been out there, um, and, and lots of people saying the same thing. Because actually, it's it's even it's even slightly more narrow than that, and it's you know falling behind in English and maths. And I you know I think the vast majority um, of of schools um, we we would assume would be doing that and the vast majority of the teachers will be doing that but I, I think there's a there's a bit of uh, a lack of clarity around exactly what the expectation is um you know we do know that this will feed into um wider accountability conversations uh, go, going forwards i mean I, I think we i think we should say we you know, at nga we absolutely um welcome an increased emphasis on on being accountable to parents don't we and i think i think that 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 engagement with parents and, and keeping them in the picture is really really positive thing but like you say emma i think this is something that's that's uh we think has largely been done although i know i know that there has been some analysis some some commentary that's come out uh, in in the last week that suggested it it might not might not be happening absolutely everywhere um uh, but 
Um, I think uh, overall, as a as a as a policy, it, it feels slightly slightly underwhelming. I think. Yes, and that word kept being used in the underwhelming. We used it in our um, uh, comment on the day, and then we noticed that a number of other um, organisations did as well. There were a lot of sort of ambitions. I think that we would all agree with and you're um, you're absolutely right to say um, parental engagement is an issue close to NGA's heart we've made it the the fourth core function of boards engaging um, engaging with with stakeholders so absolutely we want to see this done and 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 done um, really well but I think it was sort of symptomatic of the paper as a whole whole really wasn't it that when you sort of looked beneath the surface announcements there wasn't perhaps as much new or as much transformative for pupils as maybe people had hoped there would be um, a, an, another example of that perhaps is the, the school hours um, discussion. Uh, I'm sure some listeners will remember that when we had a recovery czar not so long ago, Sir Kevin Collins, he very much was pushing for a longer school day all round, which then would have meant significant more funding for schools. Whereas um, the, the issue of school hours has been addressed, hasn't it? But um, not in a sort of hugely um, uh, fundamental uh, way, but maybe a way that governing boards may find easier um, to, 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 to deliver. What, what, what's your reaction on, on that one, Sam? Well, I, I think, like, like you say, the, 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 in principle, the idea is, is great. And, you know, I think it, it, it at least um, uh, builds on some of those, some of those um, recommendations that um, Kevin Collins have made uh, before, but it's no way near to, to the extent that w was being asked for before. And I, I think you'll remember when, when that, um, that, that, recommendation came out it was really um so that the that that additional time we're building quality teaching time whereas actually what we've got is is something much more uh diluted than that there's 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 little in terms of um uh put, putting an, an actual requirement around this it it's it's not actually um, going to be a, a, a statutory requirement, although what we have been told, um, obviously, is, is that Ofsted will be looking at it um, from September 2023. Um, but of course, Emma, I think um, the, the big the big thing there is um, schools can schools can choose to use their break and lunch times for that. So it's it's not um, the, the, by any means going to necessarily. Um, mean that uh, that there will actually be additional quality teaching time for those pupils as a result of that 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 particular policy. So perhaps that's just a very first toe in the water in terms of sort of standardising or increasing school hours, and we need to see how that works and works for different ages of of children as well. I also thought I'd say we have um, produced um, information sheets 
both on the white paper and the green paper, um, which um, uh, you're very welcome to download because what we're not going to do in this discussion is religiously go through every single uh, announcement that was uh, in, in the white paper. Um, there were really quite um, uh, a lot of them. But before we move on to the governance stuff, there's, there's maybe one more issue um, that's worth pulling out for, for comment, which is, um, as always, NJ was pleased to see um, uh, the emphasis on um, disadvantaged um, children and also obviously catch up uh, after, after um, COVID. Um, but there is perhaps a little bit of sort of melding those two issues together of pupils that are falling behind um, on their literacy and numeracy and children um, from disadvantaged um, backgrounds who you would want to um, receive as much support so that they could achieve their potential wherever they were in the, in the spectrum of, of, of achievement. Um, and particularly... Um, the point about the pupil prima, which obviously governing boards um, will be uh, monitoring and uh, making decisions about in terms of spend. And there seems to be uh, a, a, a bit of an inference here that we'll need to be stretching the pupil premium across a greater number of pupils and needs. Um, is, is, is that your reading of it as well, Sam? Absolutely. And I think um, it's, it's interesting because I, I don't think this particular topic is, has necessarily um, been picked up um, in quite the quite the way that, that some of the, the other things we've talked about, parent pledge, um, the 32 and a half hours, which which very much drew the, the headlines when the white paper white paper came out. But actually, I think, um, you know, or, or, or upon closer reading, I think what, what, what we've what we've unpicked really is that the white paper really raises the issue of 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 what we would say is a potential watering down of um, of of pupil premium funding and how how it's how it's going to be used um, uh, and that's that's a that's a real concern I think for us um, uh, you know that, that using the pupil premium more more widely to to address. Um, uh, the, the the needs around literacy and numeracy um, for for all pupils, um, which is clearly a big um, and important issue. But I think what what we're really keen to do is to to protect um, the 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 actual purpose of of pupil premium and ensure that you know one of the, the one of the great things about um, having a, a mechanism like pupil premium is it it creates a very focused strategic um conversation a uh, discussion it it, it creates um a, a real focus on accountability on on that one particular area and obviously by broadening that out i think there's a real risk um that um the the, the pupil premium's in, intended purpose um may may um uh, fall further away uh, in, in terms of realising its its uh, what it's there to achieve, and, and in terms of reducing that that gap. Um, so I think this is something that you know we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how that materialises. But I think uh, you know it's, it's certainly a worry. I think for us, and it, and it's definitely something that um, will be. 
talking to the uh, Department for Education about sooner, sooner rather than later. We've already put in a request to have that conversation, uh, haven't we? And I, I think that's probably an important thing to, to emphasise on a lot of this. Um, uh, the detail does need to, to, to be known, even on things where we welcomed it. It's like, oh, but how is this going to happen and, and make a difference in, in practice and other things where we're raising um, uh, question marks. There are a whole raft of consultations that are about to start on various um, aspects uh, of the white paper. And that's one of the reasons, again, why we wanted to do this podcast is we're always interested in, in hearing what our members think, what, what, what are your reactions to, to any of this. So feed, please feed in thoughts in, in any, any which way, because we are in a whole series series of conversations with the department on many um, elements uh, of, of the white paper, particularly, I should say, on what is uh, chapter four, which is around the shape um, of the school sector. Uh, and I'm sure everybody who's listening will, will now know that the Secretary of State's uh, vision is that uh, all schools will be part of or joining a strong multi-academy trust by uh, 2030. So a little bit of wiggle room there for those um, trusts that take longer um, to to form. And obviously that wasn't a surprise, uh, wasn't been so much speculation um, about uh, this over the last, well, not just couple of terms, probably couple of years as to when, you know, this, this would be laid out. So in a way you can say we've, at least we have a vision written um, uh, written down. But the other really important thing for um, those that are governing is who are the decision makers here? Um, that's where Nikki Morgan wanted to mandate this change, whereas um, uh, Nadim Zahawi, current Secretary of State, has said um, that he wants to do this um, uh, by persuasion. He wants to win hearts and hearts and minds. So um, for for good and outstanding schools, the decisions will be made by um, maintained governing bodies and by single academy trust um, boards. So that does actually put really rather a lot of um, uh, power in terms of delivering this vision for the Secretary of State uh, to to those folk, doesn't it? It does indeed, uh, yeah, and I think, um, I, like like you say, no, no real surprises. Uh, I, I guess um, uh, the, the the key thing there is having an idea of a time frame. I think um, does mean that there's a, a degree of clarity for for people in in a way that that, that was lacking before. Um, I, I, it's really interesting though that the the, the tactic here is is um, uh one that actually we, you know we, we welcome is 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 leaving it to the decision of the 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 existing decision makers so the the, the governing governing boards um uh, but I, I guess the question is whether there's whether there's enough there um uh, that, that's been been said to persuade them to 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 actually go for it now, um, or whether they're going to bite the bite, bite the time a bit bit longer and 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 see how how the situation develops over the next few years. Um, 2030 is still some way off, 
um, although I'm sure it will soon go. Um, but but it'd be really interesting to see, I think, how how quickly um, uh, schools will respond to this, and and if if indeed uh, they do in the way that the department um, perhaps anticipates them to. There was there was of course um, uh, a, a something else that was published alongside the white paper, wasn't there? In 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 terms of a, a case for um, for joining or, or forming a trust, which which um, I'm going to pick my words carefully, attempted to provide the evidence. Um, uh, that would persuade people. Um, I, I think. I think Emma, it's it's right for us to, to let people make up their own minds whether they've been persuaded or not by that. Um, we weren't totally convinced. I, I don't think that it's it's got enough in there. Um, but that that said, I think you know. I I think you know. Uh, some time ago, we may well have anticipated a white paper that was perhaps more commanding. Um, that, like you said, could have gone down the route that the 2016 one uh, did, and 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 force people to 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 economise, and that hasn't happened. And I, I think, you know, that's something that the I think we 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 should welcome. I, I know there are others in the sector who've said, you know, that that section should have gone further, um, should have been more directive. Um, time will tell, I think, really, in in, in how quickly it, it has a has a real impact. And, and actually, I wonder how many um, voices really do want um, mandation. I mean, we just think, don't we? There are so many issues that schools um, are dealing with at the moment that to be told that they have to prioritise this. Um, over many other things, I think would have caused um, an awful lot um, of of pushback and possibly in some quarters um, um, anger. But I mean, you and I had a whole series of conversations, didn't we, with uh, people during February to sort of test our our assertions about why some maintained schools and some um, SAT single academy trusts haven't moved into. Um, Matt's and it, it real really boiled down to 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 three things. It was a really consistent picture. Um, first of all, the sort of um, attachment to locality and how important that was, and then related to that, the not wanting to be taken over by a huge organisation, possibly one that spread across the country. And then thirdly, the point you made, people wanting more evidence about the benefits to pupils and we can't say that often enough all those conversations were about but what benefits the the pupils so yes i think we need a little bit more um of 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 that um emphasis uh, uh, don't we and yeah. there's so many more things that um we could talk about from um from that and i know we we want to get on to um, the all important issue of special educational needs as as, as well but I think it's just um, worth us uh, uh, commenting on the, the, the fact that um, there's quite a lot of change for multi-academy trusts themselves because the Secretary of State's vision is that no um, trust should be allowed to fail its pupils. So in order to be able to ensure that, there are a number of things that are going to happen. And one is more regulation. So more things put into into statute, into into law, um, rather than left to contractual um, funding uh, agreements. So that will or could be 
quite a significant change. Again, the, the, it'll be interesting to see the detail and we will be part of those conversations. And the department is having, um, I think it was calling it a regulatory review starting in, in May in order to listen to a whole host of people. So the, in a way, it's a centralizing paper. The um, regional schools commissioners are being rebranded as regional directors. They go back to the original old-fashioned English English um, regions, which is quite welcome to us because NGA also also has um, has those regions. But they're also going to be standards set um, for multi academy trusts, and in a way. Um, there wasn't perhaps as much of um, sort of uproar about being regulated from from trusts as I thought there might be, or, or, or did I miss that noise? No, no, I, th- I think that's a, a fair point. I mean, there, there are there are definitely um, some some voices out there that have expressed concern. I think, but actually, um, it's not. It doesn't doesn't appear to be a sticking point in in the way that we might have might have thought um would would materialize i mean i think having having that that development of that definition of of strong trust in particular i think um is is helpful and obviously the the department touched on this last year with their building stronger trust guidance and i think this has really just cemented that but i think um uh going along those lines of setting those expectations in in place um, for trusts, I think I, I, the department will will hope. Uh, I'm sure that that will go some way um, to uh, convincing uh, schools that 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 are not convinced at this point in time or or pre white paper that actually um, you know if you if you come and you you join a trust, it, it's not that that those trusts are not just left to their own devices. They can't just do what whatever they want to to your school. There is there is there is a, a an expectation of of how trust will will look after nurture develop the schools within them i think those uh, that that definition uh, for us um uh, of a strong trust that the really key thing uh, well it's it's all really important but really pleased that strategic governance um was was listed as as one of one of those those main areas and that's that's absolutely something that you know when we look back on the last 10 years or longer um uh, of, of 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 what the 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 map development story has taught us actually we know that the trusts that have got it wrong in the past are the ones that have skipped out um on really uh giving governance enough attention uh, so actually i think including the, the need for strategic governance in the way it has done i think really actually is a really really positive thing um and um i think it it, it means that the trust will will know that there is that expectation to really focus on governance which actually you know the vast vast majority of them do i think it's worth saying yeah Absolutely, and I think there's a there's also a sixth standard, isn't there? Which, well, actually, as you say, all the standards are important. You can't possibly say a quality of education standard isn't important. But there's also a sixth standard about collaboration, and that was really interesting to see that that made the grade. And quite rightly, you know, that's a an expectation that trusts will work with each other, work with um, local authorities and others providing services uh, across the locality. 
Um, so that was really, really pleasing to see. But also that emphasis on 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 local, I think. Um, I don't, I don't think we're breaking any confidences to say that, you know, place is really important to NGA and its, its members. We know so many people volunteer because they have a commitment to the place where they live um, and, and or work. Um, and we've certainly been um, talking to, 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 to the department about the importance of local governance for, for some time. So we were also um, really pleased to see that reference that Mats would be expected um, to have uh, strong local governance. Um, and uh, again, there's no detail there yet, but that conversation will be had. And um, you, Sam, uh, wrote the blog uh, last week to sort of start that debate of, look, we've been working with Trust for so many years. This is what we think strong local governance looks like. Absolutely. I think um, it gave us a, a a good good moment in time, I think, to, to ask that question of whether whether now is is the time to to kind of set the standard, if, if you like, um, around that. But I think ultimately, over, over the last uh, however many years, um, 12 years or so, um, I think that there has been uh, the odd trust that's certainly toyed with the idea or, or sometimes acted on it of about re removing local governance within their trusts. Um, interesting that some of them have then gone on to reinstate it when it hasn't quite worked out the, the way they they planned. Um, and, um, you know, all, all the evidence that, that we have, all the conversations we've had over the years, um, all the, tr the all the trusts we, we speak to have always um, spoken uh, very warmly um about the the need the need for local governance and the trust that's not to say you know they've, they've sorted everything out i think it's a it's still an evolving picture in many ways i think one of the things that we um that we that we included in in the blog last week um and and the 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 piece on on local governance that we published in our in our the research section of our uh, of our website as well um did make the point that um perhaps local governance hasn't uh, developed in a the, the innovative way that some thought it might do you know with the formation of cluster and hubs as part of the the the, the, stru the widest the governance structure actually what a lot of trusts have, have done have, have wanted to keep it fairly simple and that's that's worked well that's that's been um uh, really key to to their their own success story as a trust um so um yeah it, it, anyone listening who's interested in that more more widely do do go and have a have a read of that that report on our, on our website and i realized i went straight into sort of governance geek speak and started talking about local governance within matt so if anybody's not familiar with that term that's what we use and in fact the sector more broadly now uses to talk about governance at academy committee level so sometimes those are called local governing bodies sometimes uh, uh, academy councils sometimes referred to as 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 governors and there's a little bit of a myth out there i think about um uh the fact that there isn't a will and a desire for it as you say it, it it's it's really um prevalent that actually trusts want to do it they just don't necessarily always know how to do it well and um and and i heard a figure being used the other day about how many um trusts didn't have local governance and i think it was completely wrong and we need to do a bit of myth busting um around around that 
Um, but the word local allows me just to segue into the last point about this, which was to mention local authorities, because they're clearly part of the school sector, an incredibly important part of the schools school sector and there's been really quite a lot of talk about the so-called local authority established trusts um, i think too much talk um about those and i just think it's worth um uh repeating the fact that these are trusts they're academy trusts they're not something different they're not going to be something halfway between the maintained sector and and a trust they're going to have members and have boards of trustees which are responsible um, for the Academy Trust. So if you hear stories of local authority established trusts, those are not trusts being run and controlled by, by local authorities. And we know the DfE is going to put a little bit more out there shortly. Um, but also they're not expected to be huge trusts. Uh, the department has said um, elsewhere in the white paper that they want trusts to be aspiring to be a minimum of 7,500 pupils or 10 schools. So that's the, the sort of size that they will, be, they will be looking for. So the much more important bit, I think, about local authorities is their role in terms of championing families, championing pupils, championing parents, and um, making sure that every child uh, in the area uh, has a school place and has a good school um, uh, place. And in order to ensure that they're able to fulfill those legal responsibilities um, or those duties, they will be given um, more powers. As yet again, the, de the detail isn't um, there uh, yet, but that will very much be the role that um, the local authorities um, will be playing um, in the final system. But we're yet to know about timetable and when when we will, you know, when those new powers will uh, will be introduced. But one of the areas clearly where local authorities are hugely important um, is in terms of meeting the needs of pupils or children, actually more generally, not just pupils at schools, um, children um, with SEND. And that was the second government paper we had the following day, which we've been waiting for a very, very long time. I think it's fair probably to say years rather than months, um, this, this green paper. And I think it was absolutely universally said that this has just taken um, uh, too long. Having said that, we were still pleased to see it, but it just needs to happen more quickly than things have happened um, uh, to date. Uh, so, Steve, you've really been um, looking at this with the team and, well, working on um, SEND uh, over a number of years, but, but thinking about what governing boards um, could and should be doing um, now as, as well as in the medium term. Yes, Emma, and we are pleased to see uh, finally the publication of the SEM review and, and, and the green paper. And I think it's worth just reflecting for our, for our listeners, the benefit of our listeners, just how we got here or how we've reached this point, really. Um, so 
you're absolutely right. The the delay uh, in in the process, the review process, the send review process has been really damaging. You said years. It is years, almost three to be precise, that it's taken to publish this review. And throughout that period, the crisis that we have um, for children with special educational needs and disabilities in this country has deepened and got worse. And the crisis is rooted in changes that were made to the code of practice um, for, for SEND, which for our, the benefit of our listeners is the statutory expectations that are placed on the school system for meeting uh, the needs of, of, of pupils with SEND. That was, that was strengthened in 2015, so seven years ago. Um, and that was strengthened with good intentions and for the right reasons, really, to strengthen the rights and the entitlements of families and, and, pu and, and children to get access to the support that they, they really need uh, and indeed deserve. Um, but from those changes, um, real issues uh, emerged, you know, very quickly and, and have continued. Uh, and as a consequence, we've had we've seen rising numbers, uh, rising number of pupils who've uh, who, who have complex needs identified, increasing complexity of those needs, which requires greater expertise and support, and a higher demand for edu education, health and care plans, and that's effectively brought the system to its knees over the last few years, a real national crisis, you know, uh, around a billion pounds worth of overspending across England and a hundred million pounds worth of deficit budgets in some local authorities struggling to meet the needs of those pupils. And, and the real impact of this crisis has been on, on, on families, you know, many of whom have been experiencing delays and challenges getting the support they need over that time. So, so this, re this review uh, cannot come soon enough and, and, and the green paper you know should have should have arrived sooner but what we need now is real you know bold um, system change uh, and improvements uh, to ensure that the system is sustainable um, so we're quite we were quite pleased to see in the green paper well more than quite pleased very pleased to see in the green paper the focus on improving outcomes for pupils we'd send for making it easier for families to navigate the system uh, when they need support and a more effective uh, use of, of resources. And, and those things are extremely important uh, because without that bold uh, system reform, uh, schools and those of us governing can't really uh, do what we want to do uh, to meet our duty and you know, our best endeavours to use the um, language in a code of practice to meet the needs of, of our most vulnerable pupils. So, um, for, to bring it down to a, you know, bring it back to a, a governing level, um, the focus of the green paper that that is on inclusion and ensuring that we're not sending children into the send system prematurely, I think is really important for for us to to think about uh, around the governing table. And I know um, because I have the privilege of of running our send governance network alongside colleagues. That we uh, the, that governing boards work incredibly hard at achieving an inclusive culture in their in, in their schools, but they're held back by uh, lack of resource and, and and lack of available support. But what we can do around the governing table really to sort of reinforce the direction of travel uh, of the green paper is is to 
really reflect and uh, you know what the needs of, of the pupils who require additional support are and, and how they're being met and thinking sending in all that we do you know how our approach to uh, policy uh, and implementation whether it's around behavior or other aspects of school life really focuses on in, on including all pupils and then when it comes to the needs of pupils with, with with complex needs we'd send ensuring that our resources are being deployed effectively you know considering our send notional budgets in the same way as we would do you know our pupil premium budget um, and building leadership capacity in our schools you know by making sure that you know send really is everyone's responsibility not just the responsibility of um, our special educational needs coordinators and working um, very closely and more closely with parents to ensure that you know families are involved in all stages of the support that schools provide so the green paper extremely encouraging start but bold implementations needed i think to to make it you know a real system change for families absolutely and i, I realized that we didn't we sort of assumed that everybody knows that a green paper in fact is a stage before a white paper is even more consultative so there are you know there will be many other documents that come after won't there the, the, the talk there's talk of a, a national delivery um uh plan which again is you know is not a bad thing in itself but it does bring slight worries of of, of how long this will take to happen because we know as you said the that needs are rising and therefore resources are, are, are needed. This isn't a, an easy one to um, solve. Uh, but yes, we have we do have um, resources on, on this that I hope people um, will find useful. And as you say, Steve, our SEND network, I think, will be a really good um, place in the coming term to talk to those of you who um, want to be thinking about, you know, what what should happen next? What are your demands as governors and trustees um, for the for the future for your send pupils? This this is absolutely um, the coming term to um, uh, to do that. Yeah, now is the time. We the the, the green paper was uh, launched alongside a thirteen week consultation, which will cover uh, the the aspects, all aspects of what's in the paper. Uh, so that's everything from system roles to funding, accountability, strengthening capacity through uh, CPD and, and raising, you know, raising the profile and, and capacity of special educational needs coordinators. Um, alternative provision, something I didn't touch on, which is a very important aspect. We know that uh, we, we have some very active members who work and govern in alternative provision. Uh, and they will be pleased to see that actually that the profile and, and status of a, uh, alternative provision is being is being raised through this through this green paper. So now really is the time, I think, for us as uh, you know as a as a as a governing movement, uh, you know, to galvanise uh, our thoughts and our really lived experience in schools uh, to benefit uh, the next stage in this process. Which I can't say, I can't really overstate just how high the stakes are and just how important it is we get this right for you know for this and, and future generations uh, of, uh, of our most vulnerable uh, children it, it is so important and um, you know we need to we, we need to really take stock as, as the government have 
and acknowledge that we can't go on like this. Exactly. And and you make such a good point to, to finish on that um, governors and trustees have such a wealth of, of experience. And that's really our role at NGA to to amplify that that voice. So, you know, for those of you um, that are knowledgeable uh, about this and, and have something to say, please um, do engage over the, the, the period um, and you'll see. Um, on our uh, events um, page, a whole series of different um, times in which we will be talking about uh, both the white paper um, and the green paper. And I, I know you're all, um, you know, very busy governing your schools and we're now talking about the future plans and we haven't talked at all about the current situation where COVID is still um, uh, rife within, within many schools or affecting staff. Um, uh, availability. So we do know that you have lots of other things that you're engaging with, but um, this is important to get the system right in the future. So um, uh, please, we would be very um, grateful to hear from you and I think the system would benefit. So thank you for listening and we hope to hear from you next term.